You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me as always this evening from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood, everybody. Well, hello, and welcome to the Pillow Palace. <laughs> you seem to say it with a deep voice, like, welcome to the Pillow Palace. This is where... Let's get into it. <laughs> welcome to hell. <laughs> uh, it sounds more like Fat Albert than... Uh, I mean, okay, we don't want to do that. No, 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 no. No, none of that. Okay. No, I'm just, no, I'm just saying, like, it's... Uh, <laughs> My my like deep aggressive voice just this comes off as more of like a joke character. Yeah, yeah. Well, mine too. <laughs> All right. Well, let let's get into the big show. We got a lot to talk about. You know, so during the season we're doing these like fantasy Joe's uncut or mostly uncut shows, whatever you want to talk about. No, Ryan's been splicing these up really, really heavily. Okay. Hours, hours, cutting out the moments of silence <laughs> and my toots in the background. Will said really bad gas lately. He's going to see a specialist in a couple of days. But these shows, slightly less cut, but still as reckless. I like, like the description of the show notes. Well, well done. Is this the first time you read that? No, no I read it before. But I've seen this issue, so I had to share it. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, I want to kick it off. I've been dying to talk to you about this. And I need to pull up a list of, like, I'm just curious, like Dynasty ADP for quarterbacks. Because... On the Dynasty Blueprint earlier this week, um, you know Ryan and Matt were talking about their Dynasty QB rankings and where they rank guys. And I thought it was interesting because what they said um, was, you know, Patrick Mahomes was number one, and then they were kind of debating. I think I think they said I think you put it in here. Who's number two? I cannot see that at number two. Did they say Lamar Lamar Jackson at number two, and then Dak at, at number three? They were off to a great start. I can't remember what they said. Ryan, I'll turn it. <laughs> um, but but let's let's talk about that. Let's, it doesn't matter what they said, but let's talk about our dynasty quarterback rankings. So, no, I mean number one has got to be Patrick Mahomes. No questions asked, right? We're not. We have we have no issues with that. Right, Will? I mean, no, not at all. Patrick Sorry, Mahomes. I'm looking up the rankings to correct your. Um, uh, correct what oh. I said. Deshaun Watson was number two. That's what oh, we were. God, I, why can I not think of Deshaun? Of course, Deshaun Watson's number two. Hello. I thought I could right. skip in the show notes, but then when you <laughs> missed it, I missed it. Uh, I, I thought like, it's, yeah, it's like obvious. It's like, no, I, I, this is the obvious choice. So Mahomes won. Deshaun okay, Watson. okay. But also, is it though? Oh, so you want to start with number two? Is no, I mean, it should, I mean, like, it shouldn't be that obvious that, that Deshaun Watson's number two. I would have taken him to number two now, but. He looks this year. He doesn't look. His bail out of the pocket is way too fast uh, to be a long-term NFL uh, quarterback. At least what I'm seeing now, and, and he could change. He was good last year, but uh, he just he almost invites getting beat up, and it, it's hard to watch sometimes because I, I invested a lot in redraft into Sean Watson, so I uh, I'm just a little scared. He makes me nervous. He makes me nervous too, but you know, he, he's putting up the numbers so far and, and yeah, I worry about his offensive line, but I, I mean, he's 24 years old. I, I don't think you can put anyone above him. Deshaun Watson has, has shown it and 
Yeah, for me, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, who would you make an argument? Like, if we wanted to, you know, just play this game, who would you put over to Sean Watson? I mean, who can you even argue above him? Oh, Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Daniel Jones. Did you see that game last week? No, I think I think it's I think it's rightfully so. I just think you should maybe maybe fade him though a little bit when it comes to those drafts of other players that are taking over him. Yeah, that's that might be fair. That might be fair. But what's and what's fun about this though, this exercise, this is where it gets really interesting because I think you know Mahomes number one, Watson two, not not such a compelling conversation. But what is is when you get into like number three, four, five, and you know they had Lamar Jackson number three, Dak Prescott number four, Kyler Murray number five. I don't know about you, Will, but when I heard Lamar Jackson number three, I was like, really? Like, how can he be number three already? I mean, we basically saw him have two big games against two really crappy defenses, right? Two of the worst in the NFL. And then he won the road to Kansas city against not such a great defense and he didn't play particularly well. I mean, yes, he sells the Konami code. I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson is a top 10 dynasty quarterback, certainly, but number three is just a little rich for me. Like, I just feel like that's a little bit of overreaction. And I love, I look, I, I respect um, those guys a lot. I respect, you know, Ryan McDowell a ton, but I don't know. I just, I was surprised to hear them say that yeah we're we are in overreaction season and I, I don't necessarily mind it so you have a 22 year old kid who is putting up uh week winning weeks right from baltimore and he's making receivers that are rookies uh good like is like he's taking this this talent around him that's inexperienced uh and, and making them better and making them produce fantasy points we're potentially not watching every play of every game watching every throw of every game and then he had that second game where he rushed for 120 yards. So he's doing everything we've, we've we like uh, the whole fantasy community predicted and wanted out of Lamar Jackson. So his bump up the ranks, I think is it's it's I don't want to say it's not justified because I think it is justified because what do we we play on fantasy stats like that's you know we're not really worried about how great of an NFL quarterback you are and what your wins and loss records is. It's it's what you're going to do for our teams week over week to win games and win, you know, and win money at the end of the day for the most part. But three three is a little steep. But I, 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 Ryan, I was looking at this because when we first chatted about it, I was like, oh, I was driving on the way to work and I was like, throw my, my arms in the way, arms in the air because I'm driving in the country and I can let go of the steering wheel. You know, just like, oh, <laughs> what is going on here? What is this? Overreaction city. <laughs> you kind of look at the, you kind of look at the quarterback landscape. We've got a lot of disappointing performances and I think that if you, you know, his upside puts him there. And so I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not like emphatically against it as I was <laughs> like literally up in arms in my, in my Subaru Outback. I uh, just, just crushing it on the way to work. So that, I, I wouldn't put him there. I think, so to me, like I, I, I've been such a big Russell Wilson fan and still am. I would take Russell Wilson over, uh, Lamar Jackson every day of the week, and it wouldn't be hard for me. But I, I get how you can move uh, Lamar Jackson a little bit up. And I also feel like he's got that youth hype. Like, when's the last time a young quarterback performed well where we didn't over like like over promote that person? Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And you know when Carson Wentz had that one season, like he was like the QB one. Yeah, and, and the rushing production is is pretty phenomenal so so far. I mean, I mean, you know, he's on pace for. 144 attempts and we talked about that if he you know he had a lot of attempts on the ground that would certainly raise his his floor we've seen a ceiling too 
uh, you know, which was against Miami though. That's the thing, you know, when he's not playing Miami, um, you know, he, you know, basically he threw five touchdowns that first week and then he threw two touchdowns against Arizona and zero against Kansas city. So I, I don't like the, the trend, but I know with his rushing, yeah, he's going to put up decent numbers at the very least for you. But I, I do, I just feel like a game against Miami and Arizona's defense. Let's, let's play it out before we put him at number three. I'm with you, Russell Wilson. I, I know there's an age gap there, but I, I love Russell Wilson. We're seeing what he's doing and he's, they're throwing the ball more because they have to this year. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't know if he's my number three, but I, I no, just just give you like reference to it. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Number three is kind of a tough spot. Well, what about Dak at number three then? No, <laughs> it's the same thing as Deshaun. Like, oh hey, we beat up on some bad teams. I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, once again, looking at the numbers and he, even Dak against Miami, I, I haven't had a chance to really go back and look at that game or study it closely. But, um, you know, he didn't put up big numbers. But that, you know, was uh, – They made that game way too close. Well, 31 to 6. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no. no but it, like, like, Miami had a chance to, like, take the lead. Like, Miami lost that game. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mark the date on your calendar, calendar though. Uh, November 3rd, Patriots come to town against Lamar. Let's see how that goes. That'll be fun. And, and I'm eager to see Dak go to New Orleans – uh, I think it's Sunday night and see how he does against that New Orleans defense which is pretty good. So that, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Once again, for me, I guess after three weeks, I just don't want to change my QB ranking so much. So, you know, for me, maybe Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott are, you know, lower end QB ones and not so much, you know, in the conversation for two and three or number three rather. So yeah, it's, it's hard to put a line in the sand of, of your dynasty rankings, who like who you're going to pick here. So I, I get it. Well, and maybe the takeaway is you got, you've got Mahomes and you've got Watson and you've got a bunch of guys clustered, clustered into here after that. You know, maybe you, you throw in Baker and Aaron Rodgers and both of these guys and Kyler Murray and, and Wentz and, you know, Matt Ryan's older and he hasn't really looked good, but he's been up big numbers. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know where we want to put Cam in the conversation because he did. <laughs> I, man, I don't know. I, it's it's so interesting. I love the Kyle Allen storyline. Um, once again, that, a guy that, that, that Twitter with uh, that, whoever put the face over that kid, you know, talked to Cam. Yeah, for the yeah. Team. <laughs> yeah, that was a good move. That also was one of the better commercials of all time before they did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, so I'm glad. Gonna become your mom's favorite player. Right, that quote is so good. Oh man, it is. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. We're, we're, hey, Ryan, yeah. what are you paying for Gardner right now in a, let's say, you know, in a super flex league where you had Ben Roethlisberger, he went down, you have a second quarterback, but it's a uh, Blake or it's a uh, Andy Dalton. When it, when it comes to Minshew, like what, if you had John Ross, would you send John Ross for Minshew? Oh man. And, and like oh, DJ Shark. You know I think I would in a, in a league where I, I needed a quarterback for the rest of the year and you may not have him for all year. Cause maybe, you know, Nick, Nick Foles comes back, but, but I, I would consider doing a move like that. Sure. I'd rather do that than send a pick because to, no way I send a, a first, a second, even a second seems a little rich and maybe we're overvaluing these 2020 picks more and more as we get closer. Cause for me, it's even hard to think about trading a second. I'm like, Oh, that 2022nd, the, this class is so deep. Look at all these guys, you know, I'm going to get, get an instant yeah. start in 2022nd and that probably won't be the case, but 
Um, no, I, I, I'd do that. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd send Ross or, Ross or GJ Chark. Maybe I'm crazy, but if I needed it, if I'm desperate, yeah, you got to do what, what you got to do. What about you? I like, I like that. I, like, I, I would easily. But I think that the, another great point, I think it was either the football guys or CBS, uh, was, was watch this new Cincinnati offense and see how they operate and then make opinions based on that. And this is Cincinnati offense has been a lot different than what we've seen in the past. And the fact that Ross is, you know, flash, he's going to have to stop, stop dropping catches because eventually the coach is going to want to get wins versus just, you know, offensive plays. Uh, but it, this, uh, this, this team's going to be different. It's going to be different moving forward. And AJ Green, I'd be shocked if he plays this year now uh, than, than if he doesn't. Or th- I'd be more shocked if AJ Green doesn't play than if he does at this point because this team's going to be real bad. But uh, it's a it's a, you know it's a new game in town, and it's not one of those old school coaches that just ruins everything. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, I've been I've been trying to move Ross pretty hard. Uh, he's moved up pretty heavily in trade calculators, but he hasn't moved up in trade value in any other people like anyone's mind that I've tried to move him to. Yeah, and we've just ripped on him so much in the dynasty community that. Um... Yeah, you're. I, I mean, it's it's going to take some more sustained success, I think, for you to be able to get anything for John Ross. And really, he hasn't. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, once again, the guy that started, you know, huge week one, you know, 158 yards and two touchdowns, and then, and then you had that kind of that one big play towards the end of the 49ers game, but still a great line he finished with. And then last week, it's like, oh, two for 22. Is this is this the real? John Ross so I mean still puts him at wide receiver 11 over the first three games in full point PPR with no bonuses uh which puts him <laughs> what uh 35 spots above Devontae Adams damn yeah which Devontae Adams is, is sitting at wide receiver 46 at 11.6 points per game uh which is 0.01 points less than last year's wide receiver 46 after three weeks in full point PPR which was Jakeem Grant very interesting. This this season has been been very interesting to watch. But I think that's the kind of trade you can make for a long term move. The guy who picked up uh, Minshew, you could have Ross. You'd be like, oh, I need, I want some young wide receiver talent. Uh, Ross has the draft pedigree and the fastest forty ever recorded at the combine. You know, maybe this is something you need to do for your team. Which Ryan, I'm going to pivot here really quickly. Let's do it. Uh, in our fourteen team league in uh, Dynasty Darwinism. Yeah. I paid a hundred dollars for Kyle Kyle Allen this past waiver run because I saw that I saw I that. went into QB I went into I went into a QB risk at the beginning of the season so tell the to, listeners about your uh, risk Will yeah to describe this <laughs> uh, I traded away all QB assets I had and so my starting lineup was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo Drew Brees. Uh, that's the one I made the juju for James Conner trade. So uh, James Conner, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. And then I had also acquired Antonio Brown and Adam Thielen. And then George Kittle is my tight end. And that, that covers all of the starting requirements in that league. You're unstoppable. You're going to crush the whole league. I'm undefeated, though, still, which, which I don't know, it felt good. <laughs> no, you, I mean, no, I mean, your team's still real. Your team's still really good, but I think I mean, I, that's no, a, go ahead. No, 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 what matters? I'm not the top scoring team. I, as I said, Ryan, last year in our in one league, I have a really great 
fantasy defense sometimes, you know? Like my fantasy team just plays good defense against the other team some, you know, for no apparent reason. But I, this week is week four, so Breeze is out, and Garoppolo is my only other starting quarterback. I have no starting quarterback. You either make a panic trade with only top-end assets, or, or I have nothing. Like, I traded away everything for this team, and things, things haven't gone the way I imagined them. Or at least, like, you know, you risk it. Uh, it, it didn't go as I planned. So I, I just I, – I need to secure this, for, at least for my own personal, like, uh, like, I want to feel good about it. Ryan, what are your thoughts about that move, though? So paying all my fab – for Kyle Allen going into week four of an undefeated team that it's kind of squeaked by undefeated at this point, but your QB situation has turned out differently than you thought. I, I thought it was actually a pretty good move because well, first of all, we got to put this into context, right? This is a, a dynasty league for now the rosters aren't the deepest. Is it 20, 20 players or 22? Well, for, I think it's 22, right? And not not the deepest rushers, but still 14-team league. There really aren't any quarterbacks out there, right? So to get a guy like Kyle Allen, who – I mean, Kyle Allen could be the starter in Carolina the rest of the year. It's possible because, you know, that Liz Frank injury, whatever Cam's, you know, dealing with, they could shut him down. That's a – I think there's like a – at least a 50-50 chance that happens, if not greater. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> – Will's crossing his fingers here. So, so I, I think it, I think it was good. And, and okay, so who else could you have had? So other names out there. Okay, I talked about on the Patreon show, Daryl Williams. You know, we'll talk about him. No, right, right. I wouldn't have been able to start a quarterback this week without a trade. Right. No, I know. That's kind of okay, okay, okay. No, but I just want to put. I'm not. I'm not saying you should have gone for Daryl Williams. I'm just putting it into context for the listeners. So. You know, who are the other top guys in the waiver wire that went? Okay, Daryl Williams. No, 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 but no, no. Ryan, 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 Ryan. I couldn't have started. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Let's try this again. No. Okay, so Daryl Williams was out there. Philip Dorsett, Wayne Gallman. Um, someone spent a, a few bucks on Vernon Davis as well. So it puts it into context, you know. So we we talked a little bit about this on the Patreon show. In a, in a dynasty league like this, I – you know, I don't necessarily think you have to hold on to your fab dollars and just wait for the end of the year. It's better to be proactive and make speculative picks and hope they turn into the Damian Williams of 2018. Um, and a guy you could have got off most waiver wires for a couple of bucks anyway last year versus like holding it for like, go all in on Spencer Ware when, when a lot of people did and he got hurt. So no, I, I like it. You had a need. I don't think those fab dollars are as valuable as they are in a redraft league. So yeah, I love the move. Well, as soon as that Liz Frank injury came out, I was like, I, I bumped it up to 100. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the second, the thing about uh, MFL is I, I, you can't see the second highest bid. I'd be very curious. Yeah. But, but I, did you go back and look And so the, the week before, Luke Falk, someone spent $100 on him. So there was precedence in this league that a guy that can start it. Well, they did. I didn't see that. Yeah. So. Oh, bad dad. Bad dynasty owner. <laughs> but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't pick up Luke Falk. I, I looked at him the week before, but he has a bye week in four and Garoppolo's bye week four. But that's uh, team specific. Yeah. Long story short is, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. 14 team super flex quarterbacks, I feel like are, are significantly undervalued. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and if you didn't think so going into this year, you probably learned the hard way. <laughs> I hate to say it. 
it, it's hard to, you know, so many teams were, were touched by it. Cause those are core guys, Drew Brees, Big Ben that a lot of people had. So, um, and, and you and I are playing this week in this league. So, I, you know, not that I have the roster that, that you had coming into the year, but my roster is pretty solid. So um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, that matchup plays out. But, um, but no, I like the move. I, I think you, you had to do it. And cause you're taking this, you're taking a goose egg and this is a week where you've got, you're playing a double header as well. I think you're against me and someone else. So that's like two matchups, you know, you, you don't want it, to, it, like you have to start a quarterback in that, that position. So yeah, I like the move. Yeah. That just speaks to the, the urgency of your team and the position you need and what you need to spend on fab. Like to me, that that's the learning lesson I had. And right. I was, I was curious to get your thoughts. I kind of thought you were going to hate on it, but the fact that you had agreed uh, really reassures me, and I, and I like that. It, Sorry, it would have no, it's good. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that like that was uh, the the right move. It makes me feel like I've uh, been doing this long enough where I'm smart. So, yeah, yeah, for for sure. No, you you're definitely smart. Are you kidding? Come on, you're with Nancy Joes. You're you're brilliant. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, no, I mean I know. Come on, man. Yeah. I got like a 25 on my ACT, bro. Uh, most of our listeners probably don't know what that is. I don't think, like, they're eliminating that in Illinois as a side note. But it's all SAT, baby. Really? Yeah. You guys are so bougie East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're good. Wow, Illinois is no longer a part of the Midwest. Breaking news. Uh, pivoting from that, so coming into the wide receiver season this year, uh, Ryan, if you own, like, if we talked about John Ross a little bit, or DJ Shark, and let's say you've won. Let's say you're three and zero, and you have both these guys, and you're gonna make a playoff push. What kind of moves are you trying to make to solidify that team? Like, what what players are you targeting for a win now team, and what are you offering for them? It's not necessarily written down uh, to give you like like one of my clear cut candidates, and it was at the beginning of this year, even though it wasn't the hot take show. It was in the notes. If you uh, if you read the the, the notes on the podcast is uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald would be a great target. I'm kind of off of uh, Marvin Jones would be too up and down, but, but who are you looking at and what are you looking to get back? Like what's your minimum sell price? So I am a team where I think I'm a contender and I need to acquire some veteran pieces or just some pieces to add to my team. Is, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Cause I've, I've had as a non-contender, I've had people offer me, uh, deals for my young pieces thinking that like that's this like sneaky move is to take my long-term future away even though I had like Alshon Jeffrey or Marvin Jones or like Fitzgerald on that team but what are you looking for in older players I like I like Fitz a lot um you know I, I when it comes to acquiring veterans though I want to get them for the right price and and I think this is probably the time to do it here's an example which I wanted to bring up what includes Larry Fitzgerald a, a trade so this is a super flex league. It is, uh, there's, there's a tiny premium component. So there was an owner that was shopping Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald and they weren't getting a lot, a lot of feedback. I contacted him about Larry Fitzgerald and I'm like, eh, I feel like his value is about a 2023rd. And he's like, well, you know, we could start a conversation like that. I wasn't real proactive. Anyway, he sold Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald for Dwayne Haskins, DK Metcalf, and Eric Ebron. So that's Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald for Dwayne Haskins, DK Metcalf, and Eric Ebron. And we can talk about that trade separately in a second. But I think what it illustrates is that the trade market for, for veterans still going into week four, like a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, 
it, it, you know, it, it will heat up as the season goes on. So I think if, if you are a team and I know there's always a chance an older receiver could break down and lose all their value, but I'm going to hold on to those guys until we get to week six, seven, eight, and then people start to really make moves. Then I'm going to get more for Larry Fitzgerald than now. Uh, conversely though, if I feel I'm a, like I'm a contender, I think you're right. Not so much who you target, but like when to do it. And now is probably the time to pounce if you're going to do it. So Larry Fitzgerald is, is interesting to me. Uh, Julian Edelman. I mean, I don't have any like, like um, names that I think are going to surprise our listeners. I think they're pretty obvious names, you know, veterans that are producing. I, I mean, the thing that's great about Larry Fitzgerald is that he's producing, he's going to get the targets because the volume in that offense, that the Kyler Murray, um, I mean, is he, does he lead the league in uh, pass attempts? I, I don't know, but it seems like he does because they're throwing the ball a ton. So I, I love Fitz as a target, man. I, I, I'm a little bit sad that I wasn't more aggressive to acquire him in this league because I just think he's, he's great because he's not super valuable, but man, to a contender, he's kind of invaluable, right? Because, you know, as, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to put up nice numbers for you. So I love Fitz and I love acting now on veterans. But does that answer your question? Not really what you asked. Well, and Ryan, I think it brings up a great point. Uh, offering a 2023rd for a player like Fitz to a non-contending team Typically, nobody cares about a 23rd right now, right? Like, we listen, we consume a lot of Dynasty content, a lot of Dynasty podcasts, a lot of opinions and things like that. And I think the general community cares more about a 2023rd. Uh, not, not general community, sorry. The, the, the person that listens to all that cares more about that than maybe your average Dynasty League owner. And so when you, when you put that out first – and maybe they're not uh, like, like thinking about like, oh, hey, what am I going to do with this? Maybe they could turn uh, 2023rd and 2022nd into an earlier 2022nd, things like that. They just discard it because a 2023rd on its face value is potentially worthless. That that rookie pick is going to be very hard to capitalize on unless you move for other assets. Especially it's um, Yeah, 2023rd, yeah. Yeah, because they're moving a, a piece that's going to start for your team. It might get you some fantasy wins. So that's just moving that, your, you know, that pick back that they got in return further back in that draft. So that's, a, that's something that I've noticed over time is we talk about rookie picks that they're just kind of like these generic things and we're going to offer them like somehow this third has value to a team. But I got a lot of questions. Even at the office, you know, you know, saying like, oh, hey, this person offered me all their 2020 third and fourth and 21 third and fourth for my – 2020 like second and, and they're in 2020 for a second am i dumb not to take this and i'm like i don't know like you have small rosters you know if, if you don't have like taxi squads and in, in, in like longer rosters it, it all factors into there so the the third round pick if you can find somebody that values that if somebody offers it to you in a trade is that little add-on i feel like that's a little like a really great tidbit to take advantage of yeah i like that's kind that. of a t- i went a long tangent there but the long story short is just offering a, a you know that twenty twenty third right. It's not like like dog on your trade offer, but be be careful when you're going to do that in your league because you're improving your team while degrading that pick. Maybe they want something else uh, on top of that. Oh, exactly. And that wasn't even like that. This is my my only and final offer. It was kind of the start of conversation, and I kind of felt that you know. I don't know the response I got. Like I said, I, I've been super busy with, with work and everything this week. So, you know, had I had a little more free time, maybe I could have engaged the owner a little bit more. And um, I, I think, you know, sometimes that's what it takes, but yeah, you're right. And, and plus I looked at my roster. I didn't have any like younger, exciting players. I, this roster I have, man, 
it's like it's like 2019 or bust because after this year i'm gonna have to rebuild because i've got it's like all old but um where am i going with this yeah no i i think that's that's a good point and um I, I, we've talked about this before but once again there's some you know talk in the chat about oh you could have got more and, and agreed but but let's remember not all dynasty owners are like super proactive and and think about this stuff as much as we do like you know i don't think any of our listeners would have necessarily um settled for the you know return he got probably would have waited a little bit maybe been more aggressive sending in the offers that's so key um but but you know if there if someone throws something out there and they're not necessarily the kind of owner that sends offers to everybody you know who those people are um you know um you know you're like you know just as an example off the top of my head no name league you know nathan powell's in that i get deals from nathan off and on all the time you know i know nathan's the type of owner that he's just going to be aggressive whereas um you know i'm in leagues with other people that never send out deals i know i've got to contact them if i want to get something going so so that person that that never is is sending you those random deals if, if they put that in the chat just send them something because they might take it maybe the best thing they can get yeah and you, and you have people in your leagues that will always uh value their players uh like more more than diamonds what they are on the earth and you know how to deal with those people and you know how to also reach out when people are putting an offer on the board. And the, the thing I hate is, is missing out on a, on a, on a deal because you like weren't in there. Like I was on vacation or I was at some other place in, in the off season. Somebody's like, Oh, I'm putting this person on the block. And then three days later they make a deal. And I, the, the, the flip side of that is I hate when I'm the offering team and I'm with somebody in there, we've negotiated a deal. They're ready to go. But they're like, oh, well, I, I want to shop around for like a few more days and I want to rip my hair out because a few more days is too too long for me. Like, what can I add to get this done now? And well, wouldn't you agree that the rule of thumb is if someone puts something out there like, oh man, you know, my, my team is is not doing anything this year. I got to get rid of my older guys like Julio and Fitz. I mean, wouldn't you say nine times out of 10, that person is eager to make a deal sooner rather than later. Like usually someone puts that out there they're ready yeah. to move. They're not necessarily going to hold on for a couple more weeks. I mean, they might, but I think that's also a kind of an indicator that, you know, they want to get something done. And, and, you know, sometimes people get a little impatient and they'll, they'll take the best they can get. Cause just cause they want to move on. Maybe they're worried that, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, heaven forbid is going to have some tragic injury and he'll play the rest of the year. And then his whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that's my best going take right now. I think for the season. Yeah. What, what, what was that take? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald scores all other outscores all other wide receivers on the Cardinals by 50 PPR points. Okay, nice. Yeah, Christian Kirk I mean, he's though so is, good. Is, is hanging tough with him though, but uh, not too far behind. But yeah, it's it's possible. So, uh, one of my favorite like, quotes uh, was uh, Christian Kirk's latest stat line made Jameson Crowder a little jealous. <laughs> he had like 12 targets for 10 catches and like you know 52 yards man that's that's awesome um jameson crowder is still uh let's see tied for 10th in the league in terms of targets though still even though that's kind of uh most of that was from week one um you know it's interesting looking at the targets i'm looking at the targets for wide receivers christian kirk is tied for third and larry fitzgerald is tied for sixth that's pretty awesome they are, they are throwing the ball. Keller Murray is throwing the ball in Arizona. Um, yeah, he looks a little bit with a big helmet. Uh, he looks way smaller than I thought he would on the NFL field. 
Yeah, he does, doesn't he? So, Ryan, like, uh, circling this all back. Yeah. Where do you have Dak Prescott in your Dynasty QB ranks right now? Uh, where exactly do I have Dak? I, I think he's probably going to be towards towards the, um, you know, maybe makes the top 10, maybe towards the end. So, okay, I'll go Mahomes and Watson. Then I definitely would put uh, Russell Wilson ahead of him, Carson Wentz. I'd, I'd put Lamar Jackson above Dak. I'd probably put Kyler Murray above Dak. I still still believe in Aaron Rodgers. Call me crazy. So he goes above Dak. Um, Matt Ryan, despite his age, I just – man, I, I, I he's probably in my top ten for a wide receiver, so I'd probably put him above. For quarterbacks? Or- Quarter- <laughs> what, I'm sorry? You said that uh, Ryan for wide receivers. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, he has um, top ten wide receivers. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's why I was I was getting, that group getting confused. Yeah, so, versus yes, Matt, awesome Matt Ryan. So maybe that makes him nine for me, just off the top of my head. This is we. This is unscripted, of course. So yeah. What about you? Well, so because the one of the questions came up is there. Uh, you know, we're talking about Dak being ranked fourth, and I think fourth is significantly too high especially after this early in the season. I, I have a really hard time figuring out how a player that is reported to, I guess I've never watched one of the Dallas's practices, to practice very poorly, but then is a gamer, and then has all these weapons. And the offense, this might be the peak of the Dallas offense that we see. They can't afford all these players, in my opinion, moving forward. Uh, and, and, you know, Gallup got hurt, and – you know, we see Amari Cooper, you know, balling out, but now he's on the injury report, and they haven't signed him yet. They haven't even signed Dak yet. And I just have a lot of, uh, like, shade around Dak to where my conservative side for this is going to come out. And it might just be it might just be because I, I never have fully believed in Dak Prescott. Because, I, I, again, I wouldn't I, – I, like, I'm not going to, you know, cry over somebody reading Dak fourth, but it feels super high to me. And my question is, would you take Dak Prescott or Baker Mayfield? Oh, you forgot about Baker. Um, I guess, Baker has had a rough <laughs> start, like a real rough crazy. start. He's a bad. I, 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 yeah, but I think a lot of that has to do with his offensive line and, and just like Freddie Kitchen is trying to figure things out. And I, I, I go Baker. He's run out of clean pockets to make bad throws. Like it's, it's interesting. He's looked real bad, right? Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I, I think I saw I, this. This happens with second-year quarterbacks a lot of the time. You know, they 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 look. They have flashes their rookie years, and they're like for their second year. So I still believe in the talent of Baker Mayfield. So I I go Baker over Dak. Yeah, it's close though. I mean, it's closer than it was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Dak is sneakily moving up, and I think if you were to move like in a deal, this is why I wanted to bring this up. Is yeah, if you have Baker Mayfield. You could probably get a, a really nice piece on top of Dak in that trade. And that might be something you want to explore. It's possible. It's possible. Although when you've got, uh, you know, Ryan McDowell saying Dak is his, you know, dynasty number four quarterback, does that like a guy like him can, can change the, the opinions in the dynasty community and change values. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see October. I would, I would take Dak. If I had Dak, I'd be like, Hey, give me Russell Wilson. Plus, TJ Shark, let's call it a day. You, you probably get that done in, in some cases. Because, you know, because whatever, for, you know, Chris Harris talked about this going into the year. Maybe this isn't so much a dynasty opinion, but 
But looking at like redraft rankings and where you were drafting Russell Wilson, he was he was a, little, a bit disrespected. And and I think Chris Harris was right, <laughs> especially if you look at. He's talking uh, about Tom Brady too, for its worth. Oh, did he have Tom Brady higher than? Uh, yeah, yeah, by by a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's funny because I, I have um th- this league, which is essentially I kind of call it like a super keeper league where you can keep one player to each position, IDP components. I won't get into that, of course, because I don't want to put who you keep that outside linebacker. <laughs> So Brady, I kept him. Like, for, I kept I kept Brady for cheap, and um, because his salary was low, but I'm like, man, it's kind of a waste because you don't have to keep anybody. But I did, and then I was able to get Carson Wentz and Jared Goff in the um, in the auction. It's just a one QB league, and I'm like, I'm probably just going to ride these guys, and Brady will never start. Well, I've started Brady the last two weeks. It's just funny how that works out, right? Yeah, I lost a week because I started Brady over Wilson last week. Uh, and that, that Minnesota made dynasty, which is with uh, J.P. Hurley and Izzy Alcafaz and all those guys, I was really disappointed that that happened. I lost to Thor Nystrom, the college writer for Rotor World, because he started T.J. Hawkinson, uh, Hollywood Brown, these other rookies in the first week, and I just got housed by, by his young team. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I, was like oh, I hate this, but I like it. God, that's crazy. Because you were probably going to that matchup, Will, like, Shotgun I'm going to smash this guy. And so I was saying you were going to It's like, match. oh, he's building for the future. Here we go. Right, right. Like, oh, easy win week one. And then, man, not so much. So. Anyway, it's so sad. So I wanted to, uh, to get this off during this episode. We were looking at the week three because we're in the upside down when it comes to wide receivers, when it comes to full PPR. So – after week two, and this has been a, a very, I don't know, like popular, unpopular, but like the, the, the amount of victory laps that were taken on, on Chris Godwin after week two, like, oh, he's, he's the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay. Things like, you know, like he's just crushing it. He's taking over. Uh, he's what we wanted him to be this whole time. We called it. We looked at the, his metrics, the analytics, uh, Bruce Arians. Although Bruce Arians still isn't wearing a Kangol hat, so I don't know if we can trust him yet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay. Well, Mike Evans moved up from his wide, you know, his, his wide receiver 70 after week two, and after one week, went to wide receiver nine in that, in that wacky, wild performance. And Chris Godwin's sitting at 24 now. It's just that, it's that, it's that kind of, like, mindset where you look at everything – and you just need to keep in mind that, that the NFL is such high variance. Sometimes it's the elite performers are going to put up an elite performance, and that's what puts them in that, that, that top range. And that's what you want. Uh, another, another, and I'm just going to continue going here, Ryan. Uh, Sammy Watkins is still wide receiver three overall right now in, P, in full PPR, no bonus points after three weeks. So prepare yourself for, for going into the 2020 season when the arguments come out. Uh, Let's say Sammy Watkins puts up some decent performances. Be like, hey, well, Sammy Watkins, week one through six, he was wide receiver seven. So I'm believing him in this year because Tyree Kill did some horrible thing again, and he may be suspended. <laughs> and just know that he had one great week, and the rest has been horrible. That was that was one like. What do you think Sammy is due for some more good weeks? I mean, he's you're, he's gonna be that's been his down. whole career, right? Right, right. 
Um, but just when we like give up on him, he's gonna like have another blow up week and stuff. Then we'll be like, oh, Harry, he's back. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I like it. I think you're you're spot on with 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 your take there. But um, yeah, it's Sammy's interesting. He's still getting the targets though, man. He's still getting the targets, just not the touchdowns. And uh, I'm, I might be done chasing targets though. Not done, but just uh, I've all, I've been on the mindset of the generic like chase the targets. But how has Jameson Crowder done since that first week? I, I'm just very, it's just it's been a chasing targets is a, is a rough game to go by. Well, especially with you know just like three weeks of you know yeah. size, you know I, I I tend to agree with you, but yeah, you know I I mean I think Sammy's one of those guys that certainly until Tyreek Hill comes back, you're you know, you're, you're going to plug into your lineup. I mean, 11 targets first week, 13 week two, eight week three, you know, that's, that's still, you know, he's the one standing 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage while the, while Mahomes just throwing it 70 yards down the field. That whole offense is just, it's, it's just crazy. The the chiefs are ruining analytics. And Mahomes is just so good. And he just makes these plays that that like, they look easy on TV, but (laughs) I mean, it's oh, moms. <laughs> hey, Patrick Mahomes is back on the show, everybody. It's, hey, it's great. I, he's he's such a fun addition to fantasy, and I love it. He's breaking the uh, current regression model for his season. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, that that. Uh, oh, he can't, he can't repeat it again, can he? Well, I think he can. Turns out he's improving. <laughs> yeah, he might be better. That's right. So the uh, other part of the the wacky week three. So DJ Chuck right now is wide receiver eight. Uh, you guys are all welcome for calling this in the offseason. I said, hey, DJ Chuck's going to be top 12 wide receiver through three weeks. Uh, he's great. But this is, uh, you know, it's something I think we need to start paying attention to with, uh, one, rookies and, and later wide receivers popping, like popping in week three. We look at, like, last year's results. You had that Tyler Boyd, like, coming in. And I kind of regret my redraft leagues not paying more for these guys at that time like we won or two and I don't have I don't I guess I don't have that heavy concerns even though the the wide receiver landscape has changed quite a bit it's been kind of a wild year Ryan what do you think about what do you like like DJ Shark, Jay McLaurin, John Ross their futures at the end of the year you think that'd be like wide receiver threes fours well you know with DJ Shark, I, I, I Shark, Shark, <laughs> can we call him the Shark? Um, DJ Shark, I think he's interesting because people forget that he I, I, wasn't he was he the, at the end of the second round, into the third round. I know he was a day two. Second, we were so high on him. Second, I love DJ. Okay, thank you. And he looked amazing in the Senior Bowl. He had a great Senior Bowl week. Uh, so, you know, I, I liked him, and then people were just kind of like ripping on him and he didn't really do anything in his rookie year. And I, and I do have some regrets myself not being more aggressive to acquire him because you could have acquired him for nothing because people just had written him off completely, but we forgot, dude, this, this guy was drafted in the second round. This guy had a great senior bowl. This guy's got talent, man. He, he, he can make some plays. So I think I still like the idea of approaching rookie drafts and really investing a lot in running backs and not necessarily you know, chasing, you know, day two wide receivers because you can get those guys for, you know, so much less because most of the time they're, they're rookie year, they're not going to pop. So this is kind of a classic example of that where, you know, we let these guys kind of not do anything. And then, you know, year two, 
go hard after him. And, you know, John Ross was a you know first round, early first round pick, and another guy. Set, I think seventh or no ninth, ninth overall. Mike Williams was seventh. John Ross was ninth. Yeah, yeah, and, and you could have gotten him for you know nothing going into the year. I, I still have my doubts about John Ross. You know, when you watch him on tape, he's still like his, he does not have the best hands in the world. <laughs> uh, and I wonder what happens if if AJ Green comes back this year. What is I mean, I guess AJ Green is going to be there, like one and if he, whether he plays this year or not, he's not going back to uh, Cincinnati, is he? So I don't know. I'm not as as excited about John Ross, but uh, so Ryan, what are you buying? What are you buying John Ross for? Let's 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 go. Uh, let's go rookie picks. What, I don't want. What, I don't want to buy John Ross. I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying him. I mean, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> you have to give something. You'd give a third round rookie pick for John Ross. Yeah, I'd do that. Okay. There you go. Okay, let's start there. Now let's move up. Third round pick of LaShawn McCoy. For John Ross? Probably do that, yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. You're exhausting. <laughs> well, it depends on my team. Like, if I really need, like, the running back depth, I just I, I just think that the Shady McCoy is, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't see him. Would you give Latavius Murray right now for John Ross? Yeah. Team neutral, I get, I get the like the little scoring since we change it, but yeah, 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 in the vacuum, all other things being equal, yeah. yeah, I would, I would, yeah, but but that's okay. about it. I don't, I don't want to give up a like a twenty twenty second round pick for for John Ross. I'm not doing that. No, I, we hey, Ryan, we haven't gone there yet. Don't say no yet. <laughs> We're to easy into this. We're to easy okay. into okay. it. Okay, okay. All right, Jalen Samuels for John Ross. Yeah, I I'd do that. Okay, Deontay Johnson for John Ross. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to the Bills. John Brown for John Ross. I would not do that. Really? I wouldn't give up John Brown, no. Is it because John Brown has a better quarterback? Yeah, yeah, and I just think I, I don't know. I think John Ross is a guy that that theoretically could, you know, fall off a cliff. I, I just I just don't know if I believe in him. I don't know if I believe that he's the complete package and you know, he may be one of those guys that sticks around and ha- pops off and has a couple of Taylor Gabriel weeks like he did. And maybe a nice guy to have in your super, or uh, excuse me, um, uh, best ball team, but not a guy that I can figure out when I'm going to start him week to week. That's just how I feel about John Ross. All right. Larry Fitzgerald for John Ross. It depends on my situation, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're rebuilding, <laughs> but you have Lair- you have Fitz. Uh, some guy, some like, like dill hole in the background has offered you a third round pick for Larry. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, Oh, well, no, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you John Ross. Well, I try to get him to throw in that third, pick, third round pick as well. But if he, even if he won't do that, I'll take John Ross. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. What about you? So tell me where your value is on John Ross. Okay. So the, the players I'm looking at is like, like Robbie Anderson. We take Robbie Anderson or John Ross long-term now. I th- so, I, so you're thinking about that. Yeah, I'm thinking about those, like those types of things. I, I, maybe this is like just my fantasy regret is I missed the boat on a lot of receivers last year breaking out, and good performances matter even if it's through, through three weeks. They do, in my opinion, matter for for long term results. And we've been waiting for this forever. And he was an early round pick, and now he's finding a new offensive scheme. So yeah, uh, would I, I then looking at a let's take another older asset on a different team i am filibustering to think of a specific <laughs> player but uh 
What about like Curtis Samuel and John, John Ross? I, I want Curtis Samuel. And yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not I'm the biggest John Ross at this moment. I'm not the biggest Curtis Samuel fan in the world, but I still think I want him over John Ross. Clearly. Well, that's good. Okay. We've no, so, exa- oh, no, no, uh, Kiki Cootie, Cutie, or John Ross. Oh, Ross for sure. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Although that's one that could come back and bite you, you know, I mean, because I Mar- still Marcus think- Valdez Scantling or John Ross? Uh, John Ross. Well, no, no, but I don't have to do that. Anthony, I, I Anthony Miller, I, John I think, Ross. I think I'm I'm interested in what the market is for MVS because I don't think I have to. I think I can get more. I think I could get John Ross plus for MVS. So I don't think I do. Yeah, especially his, his last week. But uh, let's go Anthony Miller or John Ross. Miller. Hmm. Classic I mean, Bears the, fan. <laughs> could be, but I still I you know what what, what are you going to do? I mean, like what he did his first year and judge him on what's going on with the Bears offense. I mean, I guess you can make the argument. Well, he's going to be locked in with Mitch Trubisky for the next several years. I don't know. I think you 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 were the uh, were the president of Anthony Miller fan club like a month ago. Well, what happened? I'm still a fan of him. It's just it, this should change things. John Ross's performances, even with his drops and the way that offense looks, should change things a little bit. I know that in that Seattle game, the safety completely missed the catch. I think it went through his hands, and John Ross caught it and housed it. But uh, these kind of performances should matter, in my opinion, and. Like Anthony Miller in that offense, Ryan. Sorry, in Chicago, it terrifies me. Long like right now, yeah. Like it's, a, it's a too cute offense with an, an, like too many weapons, but not enough talent. Right. No, it's, I, very, I think odd. That's... it's very odd to me. So yeah. No, that's fair. We talked about that on the Patreon show. Another plug. You want to join us on Patreon? You just go to Patreon.com/slash Fantasy Joes, and and you can check that out and support us, get a bonus podcast, but. Another check, name. Check your watches. Uh, we've been going at this for like five minutes. Marvin Jones or John Ross? <laughs> oh man, God. I think Marvin Jones is interesting. I mean, he's. I, I don't. I don't know when I can start him because I just feel there's some inconsistencies there. But I guess I go Marvin Jones. Although that's probably a bad bet because of his age. But let's get off the John Ross talk. Can we? Or let's compare him to another guy that you've got written down, Terry McLaurin. Because he is kind of interesting to me. Um, a guy that you were able to acquire cheaply in your rookie drafts. I, I think I spent a, uh, as, as early as a third-round pick, but then as late as a fifth-round pick in a 10-team league for Terry McLaurin. And I have to thank Katie Flower for that because I was not on him, but Katie Flower was, uh, you know, on the Patreon – or, um, excuse me, on the um, – uh, UTH, you know, premium podcast was, was a big fan. And she's like, I like this guy. He was good in college. Don't sleep on him. You can get him late in your rookie drafts. So thank you, Katie, for my Terry McLaurin shares. Have you started him? I have in, in one league. Yes. That's one of the hard part about rookies in the Texas squad is like, when do you bring them off and start them? So I was just curious. Yeah, no, it, for sure. For sure. But but I, I, I think the reason I, I think he's interesting to talk about, well, first of all, I want to ask you, who would you rather have, not value-wise, not trade-wise, but who would you rather have in your roster if you had to pick one of these guys? If I'm like, you can have either one of these guys for your roster, John Ross or Terry McLaurin. I'd take Terry. Yeah? I mean, two, year, like two years of, of, of just, just awful life uh, versus Terry is performing well in that, that high-flying, innovative, unique – uh, un, 
like undefendable offense in Washington, he's still succeeding. And I think that matters. I think when Jay, uh, Dwayne Washington comes in, he will be better than Case. You mean uh, Haskins? Dwayne Haskins. You, yeah, so sorry. Where did I say Dwayne, Dwayne Washington? Dwayne Washington. That would be cool. I traded for him. He could, he could uh, be running back part of the time, quarterback uh, part of the time. Yeah. It'd be the same as Case. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait until they upgrade, until they get somebody that's actually diagnosing defenses. Like, Case looks, he, he, I mean, and I know that his rating and stats have been okay, but he it, he looks absolutely terrible. And Chris Harris, is, you know, says the same thing. Like he's a uh, the fact that McLaurin's been the, a top ten wide receiver through three weeks is is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And I, I think he's a guy that you can still buy pretty low because I, I just don't think people are believing in him because people didn't you know draft him thinking they were going to get a guy they could reasonably start going into week four against the giants. You know what I mean? Like he's a, he's a guy you can feel pretty decent about starting against the giants. That's crazy. Well, but I still think that like, I, I wonder, I do wonder what the, the market is on him. I, I'm not even sure. I mean, what do you think we could get him for? Oh, I've just been seeing first offers out there that we're, we're in such a, a 2020 draft pick hunger community, right? Like it's a, they're like, Oh, Terry McLaurin, Give me your 2021st form. And that seems to be the first the first offer on the board for sure. Uh, if you're doing future picks, would you do a 2022nd for McLaurin? I'm wondering if I would. I'm starting to think about it. I, I mean, especially if it's like a later – I mean, I love that – the depth of this 2020 class in theory, but I would think about it. If it was a late second, yeah, I think I might do it. I, I'm, and, I'm, think, I'm thinking about sending out some offers, but I don't know if that gets it done. I mean, I wouldn't send a 2021st, but – um, what about you? He's wide receiver 10 right now in full PPR. And, and I just think people are, some people won't, won't buy it or believe in it. And they'll look at his college production and, you know, he, you know, he didn't have the numbers in college that he should have, but we have to remember he went to Ohio state and we've seen this before, you know, we saw this with Michael Thomas where, um, you know, they didn't necessarily need him to, you know, be the guy there. Cause it was Ohio state. Cause they had a bunch of other recruits that could just blow up and play well. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, he's he's shown it on the field. He's he's played some good defenses too. You know, he he's done it against, uh, you know, a, a good Cowboys defense. He's done it against a good Bears defense. So, more do you want? Uh, America's good. Just kidding. So the the Tim McLaurin, I, I don't think this is the time to buy. I, I really don't. I, like he's on track for uh, like thirteen hundred and seventy receiving yards this year. That'd be the rookie record. That I. I have a uh, very strong faith that that's not going to happen. Like he's not going to achieve that. Uh, whether they go to Julian Haskins or keep Case Keenum in there, I just think that's going to start to come down. So this is a uh, we're, we're like peak hype for Terry. Man, and his value. If you go to Dynasty Trade Calculator, I just like a standard twelve-team PPR league. His value is at sixteen point three. So let's compare that to like a mid-round twenty twenty-first. Um, that's like 19 in their trade calculator. So, so according to the trade calculator, you should, you know, be looking for like a mid to late first round pick. That's, that's, I, I it's too much for me to pay. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, maybe it's the right move, but I'm not one I can make. Well, Ryan, where I was getting to with my point here, when you have to with your, your calculator, but, uh, sorry, <laughs> I just, 
Uh, that's the thing is like uh, McLaurin's going to cost the first right now, right? You shouldn't sell for under a first because why? He could still do better. Like, he can still keep this up. That, that's still an option. There's nothing saying that he can't continue to do this. I mean, there's the NFL variance where he probably won't. I mean, he'll probably regress a little bit. You know, is going to regress over the season. There's very little chance he's going to finish his wide receiver 10 in full PPR. But, right. you know, there's you, you need to, to ask for that overpay at this time because that's the market value. Or unless you really want to get rid of him, you, you, you pivot. But what, I, what, I would, what I'm looking at now is uh, I'm starting to eyeball Paris Campbell pretty heavily. Uh, the other part of that Ohio State receiving core that came in the NFL that also had a lot of hype. And people were, were taking Paris Campbell – you know, sometimes 107, 108, right. in non-super non, uh, non flex leagues, things like that. And now you see Terry just exploding. Uh, you see DK Metcalf getting a lot of targets, although not a lot of fantasy points uh, for, for what it's worth. And you see this, this – it's, it's such a different uh, wide receiver stat line – or sorry, wide receiver fantasy points. Nicole Hardman has had, has had his moments too. Yeah, he's been he's, – yeah, he's, he's – like uh, Chris Harris ranked him in his top 24 for week four, right in his standard rankings. Interesting. That's in, that is intense for, for, for somebody like Chris Harris to rank him that high. He clearly sees a lot of talent in Hardman. So that's where I, I go like, okay, let's, let's take the depreciate, depreciated asset here if we're building for the future. And let's go after a guy like Paris Gamble or, you know, you know somebody else who's kind of falling off the radar. Do you have another guy? Who you're trying to buy who's kind of falling off in terms of rookies sure uh, well, well it, before i get to that let me ask you a question so do you think um uh like would this be a good match like maybe, maybe this is too much is paris campbell too much to pay for larry fitzgerald if you're a contender because that's maybe a deal that helps, helps both teams might be a little rich huh it is i mean it definitely is rich but if you're so after week three, it, de- it depends on how your roster looks. Do you, do you really need that last wide receiver? Like what, what happened? Did you lose Antonio Brown, you know, this year? Because you've been holding on to him. Is that the, the pivot point on your team where you're trying to win a few weeks? I don't think that's too much then because Paris Campbell's still unknown. And he's, you know, we're trying to get him as a bylaw. But when it comes to like week, week-to-week fantasy points uh, – Larry Fitzgerald is going to crush Paris Campbell, assuming two, you know, T.Y. Hilton can play through this injury. But that, uh, honestly, Ryan, I, I don't think that's too much at all. Okay. Answer the question, I guess. That's, that's fair. Guys that are by low for me, I'm, I'm just thinking specifically about rookies. And I, I think maybe – did Trey mention this last week? Um he was talking about Dwayne Haskins and he mentioned Dwayne Haskins is like kind of like a buy low. I think maybe he did. And, and I think that continues. Who's to Trey? Yeah. Uh, some guy that used to be on the show. I don't know what happened to him. I think he, uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to the guy, but if you, if you don't know, you, you know, Trey is, 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 is not on the show anymore, but um, it's all good. Listen to last week's episode, get, get the download still out there. But um I think Dwayne Haskins is an interesting name and maybe not a guy you could get a value, but kind of along the Paris Campbell lines of, of thinking, I think it is a good idea to look at rookies that you liked going into the year and just kind of seeing what the situation is, or maybe that's a team that's 
you know, blowing up and they're having a great year and they lost Saquon or they lost another piece and, or they've been writing Austin Eckler and, and now we've got this, this word that Melvin Gordon uh, is possibly coming back sooner rather than later. So maybe a team like that, they, 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 they want to, you know, trade what they got to, to get some pieces. So I, yeah, I think that's always a good idea. I, I like that idea of, I, but I don't have anyone in mind in particular. Um, you know, I, I actually do have one. J, JJ, Arthega, I don't even know how to pronounce his name anymore, Whiteside. Did I say it right? JJ Arthega Whiteside? Sure. Because he's a guy that, you know, in redraft leagues, maybe people picked up thinking, okay, you know, he's going to be one of the options here because the Eagles don't have anybody and hasn't really put up any numbers. So that may be people in the back of their head may be thinking, Oh, maybe this guy isn't so good. There may be some doubt creeping in. And I think he's going to be really good for that team, even though he hasn't done much with the opportunity he's had because he's a rookie, you know? So I think that's a good name. I've got to scoop up. Yeah. I said, uh, it's after somebody hasn't done something through the first three weeks when other rookie wide receivers have, and dynasty, that's a, a good attempt to buy opportunity. So would you trade Terry McLaurin for JJ Garcia Whiteside? Little uh, second round pick for a third round pick in the NFL draft. Th- that I don't, I don't think I can do because because I I do think uh, Terry is is legit and and I think we've just seen that he's good and and I there's still some doubt. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of doubt. We haven't seen you know Jay Jaw do it on the field and, and produce on the field yet. So I I'd rather take and, and I can't say you can't say he's like a known commodity after three games. Okay, that's ridiculous. But what what is the stat on the sheet? I mean, he's he like that was a stat that said on Monday Night Football. He's he's the first you know rookie to you know average you know catch so many balls. Is it catch five balls and you know have a touchdown catch first three games of his career? Yeah, uh, it's whatever. It's, yeah, we're, the NFL is changing with their passing games. So like these kind of records are, are it, it's interesting. But the, what matters to me is he's wide receiver ten in full PPR after three weeks. That is important. You know, if you started him those first three weeks uh, over Devontae Adams, your team won more games than it lost, yeah. which is wild. It's a, it's a wild, wild NFL this year, and I think these stats should matter more moving forward. And I'm just very interested to see how the season plays out because it is completely different than what it was last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I think McClure, I think – when, when, when Dwayne Haskins gets in there, that's only a win for him, right? They play together in college. They have, they've worked together for years, at least in the, like the backup teams and in practices. And they have all this, it's not, maybe not even chemistry, but at least they know each other. And like Dwayne Haskins is going to get mad at him because he does something weird. And that, that Redskins offense, ugh, 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 just scary. Uh, but, you know, the fact that he's done what he's done in that, that offense, is, it's pretty wild. It, it, and that, that same thing with, like, J.J. Shark. The fact that he's a top-ten wide receiver in that Jacksonville offense, this has been the exact opposite of what we promote all the time in Dynasty. It's like, hey, you want receivers on good offenses because uh, they're going to score more touchdowns. And now we have these surprises. And it's, it's hard to figure out exactly what to do with them. But at the end of the day – you know, you're happy that you have these players, but trying to figure out what you need to sell or acquire them for, and specifically like rookie picks, is just really tough to do because you need to max out on what their value is. So what I would say is I, w- I would – so if I have a team and somebody offered me DJ Shark and Terry McLaurin 
And I need wide receivers for my 2021st. I'd do it. Oh, both of them for your 2021st. Yeah, I think I'd have to go both. I think I'd have to go both because yeah. there's a lot of risk in the rest of the season with them. You know, we're it, the we're in outlier mode right now, right? And yeah. I feel like that's paying for a lot of the outlier, but not paying too much. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I guess it depends on on my team and and wh- where we we think that twenty twenty first is going to be. Uh, like if you're you, no, but that's fair. But you wouldn't make that deal anyway, unless you were a contender. You needed some wide receiver help, right? Or like you've got some stud running backs, and maybe it's super flex. You got solid options there. Um, because of because here's the thing: if you're not a contender and you you make that deal because you want these younger wide receivers, that means it's going to be a well, it might be a high twenty twenty first. Maybe it's not your own. But if it's like a top five. 2021st round pick then no i'm not doing that because you're going to get like a uh you know swift or etn or or one of those like jerry judy who we think is going to be like a stud stud um and we don't know that either one of these guys is going to be like a stud stud not that we know that those guys are going to be but i don't know i i i'm still intoxicated by this 2021st will <laughs> yeah i'm just very curious like in the first and this it, it's not dynasty you know it's not what you play dynasty for but in the first three weeks of next year in full PPR, you know, no bonuses. I guess that caveat is super important to me tonight. But, uh, do you think any rookie wide receiver will outperform Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, or, or Terry McLaurin? Or, I mean, I guess you could throw Hardman in there, but he's a little bit further down because that first game is bad. But basically wide receiver 14 in the first three weeks. I would, if I had a bet on it today, I would bet no. I think we're seeing some historic production from these rookie wide receivers and maybe it's just a historic class we'll see yeah that's the thing it's like the buy high uh with what you're going into with that is don't discount the the, the current production even if you didn't you didn't have it if somebody's like out like out there being like oh i'll take a you know 20 20 second for terry mclaurin or even like dj shark or char char or Marquise Brown, if they're like, oh, it's just like the variance is coming in. It's okay to pay that, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, I think it's okay. I don't think it's like crazy. I don't think it's like in your league chat someone should be like, oh, man, you got ripped off on that deal or anything like that. But, um, you know, you asked me what I what I think, and, you know, the deal you threw out there earlier just would be, would be tough for me. Hey, well, let's, let's do some, like, quick hitting thoughts and, and wrap up the show. So you, we, we've got a lot, man, there's just so much to talk about this year. It's so much fun. And, and, you know, sometimes with the show, when it comes to dynasty content, we feel like in season that there's not a lot to talk about, but I think this year has been a little bit different. I feel like last year, this time of year was kind of like not hard, but it was, you know, there weren't as many compelling conversations that we could have, but this year it just seems like with some of the performances we've seen, it's like, wow, let's talk about the values of these guys. But in the holdout, in the holdout scares and everything, it's, yeah. it's been fun. It has been fun. I, I mean, it's it's been fun if if nothing else. See, even if your your dynasty team is, you know, zero and three or one and two or something like that, and, and and you may have gone into the year thinking, man, I'm just going to crush my league, and you know, you you've you've had you know, uh, Devontae Adams on your team that, that hasn't performed, and you lost Big Ben on your Superflex and Drew Brees, and and now you've lost Saquon Barkley. You can have a couple of events that could have happened to your like unstoppable team. That, um, yeah, or you, or you paid all your fat for Kyle Allen. <laughs> hey, it's it's everything's on the up and up. That's right, that's right. So, what are you want to get out here with a couple of quick thoughts and anything that's going on? Anything we didn't talk about? Any news? 
Oh, for sure. One, uh, so the Melvin Gordon is returning, right? That's the the whole news. Th- that's what has been reported. Sort of. It's like confirmed that he's returning, except for him actually returning. Like that's the final set. So right now is your buy low window for Eckler, and I would go after him. I would see even just asking, which is one of my, which is one of the things I hate. Like saying, oh hey, like what would it take to acquire this player? And asking another like. When people ask me that question, I'm like, you need to send the first offer if that's your question. But this might be one of those times where I'm like, hey, what, what do you think about Eckler? Like, what do you need for it? Because Melvin Gordon, I th- he's coming back, and this is, this is going to be complete conspiracy theory, but I wouldn't be very surprised if he goes down with a hamstring strain in his first, like, start in, like, week five and is out for a long time. It's because the reporting the team is getting paid. Is not me to be starting for that offense. I, I, you know, the NFL is changing a little bit in this way, and maybe he took just a little note from what Ramsey was doing, calling in sick on Monday, and be like, "Oh well, you know, I can come in. All of a sudden, I have a you know, have a hurt like limb, and I can be out for a while." So, <laughs> to me, this is honestly like I, I overpaid for for Eckler and Duke Johnson in the league, but uh, this is, I think, your chance to try to capitalize on the potential, just the potential variance on Melvin Gordon not being. Uh, that great of a participant on the Chargers this year. Does it depend on the makeup of your roster? Like, if you really need running back help, are you going to be like more aggressive than a team that like is pretty loaded? Is, well, you don't want to look needy right away, though. So you you know got to make sure it looks looks like oh yeah, well Gordon's coming back. I'll give you my twenty twenty third because I'm Ryan Livergood and thirds are valuable for my team. <laughs> no, no, I think no. If if I wanted to be really aggressive about it, I'm thinking maybe it's a little rich, but like a 2022nd for Austin Eckler. I mean, cause before like a couple of weeks ago, if you wanted to get Eckler, you had to at least pay a 2021st. And, you know, I think some, some people in the dynasty community were kind of advocating that. It's like, now's your time to sell him, get that 2021st while you can. But, but, but now if you, if you really want to be aggressive, I mean, I think a 2022nd gets it done. I don't, I think you're right. I think a third, you might as well hang on to him. Cause he has, he'll, let's say Gordon comes back and performs like he did. Eckler still has value. I mean, I think mm. he's, He's I kind of just screw there. You think he's worthless? I, don't, I just don't think you're ever going to want to play him. Like, where are you going to play Eckler in your lineup versus somebody else? A league you start eleven people in in your flex position, like Scott Fishbowl. You're like, I'd rather start. I'd rather start like Kenny Stills. Assuming you have Kenny Stills on your team, well, it, I mean, it depends. I, I mean, I think he's he's very startable. I'm not I'm not saying you're going to start him as your RB one, but I think a lot of leagues where you start, you know, ten eleven players, even even if it's like a 24 25 man roster i think he's he's startable week to week yeah for sure I mean, but I'm, you, we're getting like this nice friendly buy opportunity like factoring in variance with melvin coming back i'm actually very excited to try to scoop up yeah but i mean it's, i think i think see you, what people take what do you I give it to, like yeah, 23 is tough if it's super flex i guess well that's true changes a little bit because i'm i'm rising on drake from which means absolutely fade trick trick from <laughs> next year but uh there's at least gonna be three i think quarterbacks that that can be like at least potential spot starters on your on your fantasy team and so that second those might be taken up by then but then with that uh wide receiver running back potential class like it's a little risky but uh you know fantasy points now matter you know wins if you can win you know if you can get like third place and win your league fees back like Maybe your league fees plus a little bit. That uh, 
it's a little bit of investment. Maybe not be as fun. I don't necessarily enjoy investing in, in Austin Eckler, but I'm going to try. I think Gordon's going to go down with a hammy in like game one. And he's like, oh, my hammy. So got to pay me. I'm at the practice. It's possible. I mean, if you look at what he did, I'm just looking at the game log, you know, 2018, just taking like the first, you know, seven games or so, you know, he, he first, so these are, is this PPR? I think it's PPR. So you're talking, no, it's not. Let me change the settings because it'll make the points go up a little bit for him. So week one, um, you know, 23.6 points. Week two, 12.8. Week three, 10.1. Week four, 13.6. Week five, 12.9. Week six, 6.0. Week seven, 11.8, and so on and so forth. So he's a guy that in, in a full-point PPR league, all games but one, the first seven games, was getting you double-digit fantasy points. So, um, you know, we're, you know I, I, that's dangerous to do because it was a different year. But, you know, we can make the argument, like, worst-case scenario, you're going to get yourself a, you know, a, a guy that's going to give you 10 points. So I don't know. Oh, I think he's going to uh... – I, I wonder what the odds are on him going down with like a, uh, you can't see this, but air quote soft tissue injury in the first game he plays. Oh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. But I might, the argument I'm making is you, you throw out a 2022nd and get Austin Eckler, even if he, even if Gordon plays and does well, which, which as you're saying, there's, there's a lot of doubts about that. Eckler still has value. I, I, I feel strongly that you can still put him in a flex position. We're up Paris Campbell for Austin Eckler. If I'm the – do I think you could get that done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. For sure. I think the Eckler runner, if I do that or not, I might – like, like if I was doing poorly, I guess. Like if Eckler somehow not boost my team's wins. Okay. All right, let's, let's do like a couple more topics to get out of here. Okay, one. Ryan, how many – uh, random 2021st in a 14 team league super flex. Are you paying for Devonte Adams? How many random 2021st? Well, let's say like two of them are like two of the bottom scoring teams in the league. Um, I mean, he's a first round, you know, dynasty startup pick. Are we he's going to be after this year after the start? Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, but. that's okay. No, but we're talking super flex. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I, I do because I think he's gonna bounce back. If you look at his matchups, I mean, he started with Chicago, Minnesota, and Denver. Um, you know, Denver's defense isn't great, but their secondary sure is. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Adams is gonna bounce back. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a big year. I, I believe in him. So, uh, how many first rounders? Oh man, I don't know. I don't like at least three. You know, you've got you probably got to pay for him, right? Oh, this is, this is, this is off, ruining my trade talks. This is purely off the top of my head without doing any, any research or anything and seeing what the kind of the mic, what the market might be for him right now. Okay. What, okay. I like, I like that good generic value. How about Zeke? Zeke for, is, still three, is, is Zeke still like three first rounders? Probably. But I, I would, um, I think Zeke is still valued more than, than Adams. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm just the three first rounders is the the limit that I'm reaching. That uh, if, if, when you own those three first rounders, moving those, to try to be a contender is tough. You know, like the actual oh. like the actual value versus actually moving them is is difficult. 
Right, right. Um, I, I just, I just went to laughing because I went. You gotta if if you you have access to Dynasty Trade Calculator, you gotta go there and you gotta put in Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Rather give or receive. Oh uh, yeah, he's eating the cereal. Yeah, he's got the cereal. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's so funny. It's also uh, my favorite celebration is the eat 'em up. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I've never seen this. This is funny. Um, like on Dynasty Trade Calculator, that's why I started laughing. So, um, so what? What? Where are you going with this Devonta Adams talk, Will? Like, are you are you thinking he's a buy low? Like, you could get him for like two twenty twenty first is what you're suggesting? Well, I'm just in a scenario, and this scenario it just made me think a lot about uh, what advice can you give and what are your values on picks. So. I have a team that is outscore, like outkicking its coverage, right? Like we're outscoring what we should be. I have DJ Shark, I have uh, John Ross. You know, there's there's Chris Thompson. There's there's a few other pieces in there. Uh, my core pieces are in this super flex, uh, pretty heavy, like tight end, like tight end premium. Like Travis Kelsey was the number one overall pass catcher last year. In this, but I have Kelsey, uh, Leonard Fournette, Keenan Allen, uh, then Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So. I'm doing I'm doing well, right? Three weeks in, give double headers. Uh, I think I'm four and two or five and one with the with the double header setting. But uh, I'm just deciding because in the startup auction, I made moves to grab first round picks. But all of a sudden, some of the picks I didn't think were going to do a lot, like John Ross and DJ Shark, these cheap auction bids yeah. are, are are doing well, and, and uh, they you know I'm, I'm winning. So how do I go about making moves now to compete this year? because my roster looks like it can't like overall, like I'm, I'm very much out kicking what I should be doing. So with a team like that, how much am I willing to offer? Cause two of the picks I have, they might be relatively early, you know, and then mine, Oh, like the idea is like, then mine would be later because I'm moving for better assets. And I have an addiction to top end assets, I guess in this league. So I'm looking at uh, Devontae Adams and Zekel, it's just for this practice. Like, what are you willing to risk, you know, in a league where you have, you know, pretty big starting rosters, are you willing to risk all those three first rounders for a guy like Zeke that will improve your, your, you know, your starting roster, but it may not put you over the top. That's a like value proposition where I am. I personally think that it's probably, if, if you're objectively looking at your roster and you, you and you, you know, you're, you're off to a hot start, but you have some guys that are, performing high, at a higher level than you thought i think you hang on to the first round picks i, I just think you do because i, I think ultimately that your team is going to be better I, I think you might regret it um trading for one single asset personally in a, in a league that deep you said 14 teams right yeah yeah so I, I think you're better off personally that's that's the that's like the patient move to make but you know if you want to have fun and, and and be aggressive i mean I don't think it's crazy to do, but I, you know, you might regret it. Yeah. It's a, I just thought about maybe like going after other assets with the DJ shark, DJ shark, John Ross. And that's kind of what sparked all this is, uh, it, I don't know if you found this different than me. Uh, one, I have a surprising part of DJ shark. And you saw it in like a league chat once where I was like, that's just a DJ shark trade. Cause he's a throw into another big deal. Right. But, uh, Getting anything for him is is just awful. Going through that process. Oh, no one wants to give you anything. What you're suggesting? Yeah, nobody nobody really values him. Well, I mean, you know, a couple more weeks if he keeps it up, then they will. So, 
You got to be patient. I mean, you're either patient or you, you trade them for whatever you can get, but you might as well be patient. Yeah. Anyway, all right. time to go. It, it is time to go. Um, we didn't even get to talk about Daryl Williams. We did on the Patreon show. So if you want to listen to that, I'll just throw it out there again. You can support us on patreon.com slash Joe's. But we're going to sign off here. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joe's. and DJ Chuck. Yes, and DJ Chuck. Yes, DJ Chuck. Or, or Shark. I, I thought you were going to go, DJ Shark. Boop, 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 boop. Do you know that song as, as well as those of us that have small children do? No. Oh, I'll tell. Oh, we well, can talk about this though too. Speaking of the small children, uh, we did a photo shoot with my dog last night because my wife's uh, <laughs> company is coming out with a suitcase and they're like, oh, we want to get some like user-generated content. And Papa's in a photo shoot today. But last night, uh, we're like, we'll get some at home. And Poppy is the biggest ninny in the world. She was terrified of the suitcase. She's also terrified of bubbles, plastic bags. Uh, if you sit too hard on the couch when you're sitting down, she's scared. <laughs> like, it's, there's, there's a lot. But anyway, uh, it was a very fun experience. And Poppy is going to be a superstar. It's funny because Poppy is a pretty big dog, right? She's 70 pounds. It's like for a Bernie's Mountain Dog, for her breed, she's like stocky. Like she's like a little tank. Yeah. It's just funny but, that a dog that size is is afraid of, of a paper bag and a suitcase. <laughs> everything. She's everything. Like If there's like a real fierce, fierce looking flower, she's out. Like. <laughs>